0: What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts, welcome to another episode of the V-Twin Life where we talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins and what fuels our passion about it and why we enjoy it so much. I'm also proud to announce that this episode of the V-Twin Life is sponsored by that Northwest brand, Crash Ink Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at CrashinClothing.com and on Instagram at crash underscore By the way, if you're down in that Tigard Oregon area, you can now swing on into Paradise Harley-Davidson and pick up some Crash Ink gear now. So if you're like me and you don't want to wait on that shipping because, well, you just want to wear it now, well, you can. Swing on into Paradise Harley-Davidson and get some. And if you're thinking about logging into that Crash In Clothing website and getting some gear, stay tuned for another announcement in this podcast. So now let's sit back, relax, dive on in this episode. We twist the throttle and grab some gears and let's roll into this. What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts, welcome to another episode of the V-Twin Life where we talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins and what fuels our passion about it and why we enjoy it so much. I'm also proud to announce that this episode of the V-Twin Life is sponsored by that Northwest brand, Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at crashinclothing.com and on Instagram at crash underscore inc. And if you happen to be in that Northwest corner of Oregon, you can now swing by Paradise, Harley-Davidson, and Tigard. And pick yourself up some Crash Ink gear now because it is on the shelves and ready. And also stay tuned for an announcement at the end of this podcast. And uh, we might help you with a little ordering from Crash Ink gear. So now let's twist throttle and get into this episode. We're joined by a man that many follow on Instagram by the name of Von Gasfall. This guy has crushed some serious miles, ridden coast to coast, and done it all on his Dyna. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's twist the throttle and get into another episode of the V Twin Life with Von Gasfold. What's going on, man?
1: Hey man, thanks for having me. Very happy to be here.
0: Hey, thank you for uh for coming on. This would be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean you've done some you know, I follow you for a while. You've done some serious miles crossing the country and I'm sure you've got some great stories. Yeah,
1: man, I, I, I've been lucky to have the time to actually do that, which has been uh, kind of a blessing in these guys with, with this whole COVID thing and being able to work remotely and be on the road. Um, yeah, this year I, I, was, I, I, I crossed the country twice. I had this idea of starting on the Atlantic Ocean and ended up uh, on the Pacific and then coming back, so that was pretty cool. And last year I was already able to do an uh, almost cross-country trip from Las Vegas to New York as well. So yeah, it's been uh, a lot of uh, pretty good adventures on the road for sure.
0: <laughs> the one thing I find impressive, you know, scrolling through your feed is, you know, you got pictures from these trips but, you know, like most people you would see doing these trips, I mean, they're on of course, you know, basically you could say full-on baggers and touring bikes. You're doing on your Dyna, which, you know, we've talked before you said, you know, a little, is more comfortable for you which we can dive into it. But I'm just amazed by the minimalist of gear that you pack for such trips. You don't seem to have a lot of stuff it's you know the minimalist of what you need and you just appear to hit the road and have a good time with it
1: yeah man I'm I'm, I pack pretty light I'll say I use the built well uh, Xfield 80 I believe and I have the thrashing supply uh, the smaller one I think they're named the escape so I mean it's still sizable you can still pack a fair amount of stuff but yeah it's still going to be less than a bagger but I mean I couple jeans some t-shirts um rain gear heavy gloves light gloves uh heated gear which is a smart investment i would definitely recommend and yeah basically that's about it i tried to you know do laundry on the road and uh so yeah I, I, I like to keep it minimal um because at the end of the day I've, i'm also interested in preserving the look of the Dyna and not having it to be overstuffed with too many things i like that classic the classic lines and the classic look and the way the Dyna is set up for me with my height, which is about 5'9", I believe, in, uh, in American uh, measures, and, and for my weight, which I think is about 150, something like that, uh, it, it's pretty good for me. Uh, I have good suspensions. I have like, the right bars and everything. So I'm able to crush miles without too much discomfort, I would say. It's taken a while. I got it when it was bone stock. And to get it to where it is now, but the way it's set up now, it's, it's, it's pretty optimal for me. So that's no complaints on my side.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, what do you think about Now, you've also in a few trips have seen you've rented a few bikes. You know, you have, looks like you rent an Ultra. What did you think about riding the, you know, the Beggars compared to your Dyna?
1: Dude, I was pretty much, imp- I was pretty impressed. I'll say that. Uh, I didn't expect to like it. Uh, I'll say also that there was some engine work done to that bike and the cams were already put in and the power delivery was quite impressive versus whatever I may have been expecting. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the bike from a comfort standpoint, for sure. Uh, It was obviously better than the Dyna, especially wind protection. Uh, And I think uh, overall, yeah, it was much more of a cushy ride. Uh, But... um, I would. I w- I'm not ready yet for that bagger life, even though a lot of people I know have been crossing that line and are very happy with it. Um, but uh, yeah, I- I'm still gonna stick with with the with the Dyna for now, at least for sure. But yeah, I was. I didn't expect to like the street glide. I actually didn't want a street glide. It's just that my Dyna was in the shop at Legion Moto in Portland, and uh, I had to rent something to keep traveling. Uh, with Ritual last, and um, so I ended up with the only bike available in the land, which seemed to be that ultra. Uh, and I was kind of reluctant to get it, actually. Um, but actually, uh, I was very, very much surprised with it. I actually quite enjoyed it.
0: Nice. See, that's how I was. I've the Dynas. It seems that it's either you love them or you hate them. And for a while, well, I shouldn't say for a while, for a long time. It's just I've I've never been a fan of them. And the more I see them you know, like yours and was it FDLX Brooklyn that rides up with you. And I've Mm -hmm. seen his, you know, I've been watching his YouTube channel and the more the street scene, it seems, you know, the, some of these dinas that guys are building. It's like, they're really grown on me more and more. It's like, you know, I wouldn't mind in the future actually now having a diner in the garage, just because the looks of them are really starting to grow me. You get the little sport, you know, the sport fairing windshield on them. And I dig your sissy bar. Dude, yeah,
1: that CC bar has been... I mean, I wouldn't be able to do the travel I do without it. It's been made by Kicker Parts out of Arizona. It's handmade, and uh, it's, uh, it's, I would definitely recommend checking them out. I get a lot of questions about it, and I was really going for that kind of old-school-ish look, mm-hmm. and, and I couldn't find anything by the regular manufacturers uh, that wasn't either tacky or, or just like very boring. And I, I found this guy on Instagram and hit him up. And I was like, dude, like, I really like what you're doing. And um, it, it took a while to get it because everything is handmade. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I'm very happy with it. I would definitely recommend checking them out.
0: I saw, have you done much motor work and stuffed ears? Really, you know, any goodies inside of it?
1: Dude, no. Uh, and actually, since I've rode that ultra, I'm actually putting cams and upgrading quite a bit of the engine in the past. Coming in the past in the next couple weeks, uh, because I was just so uh, impressed by how completely different the bike was once that work had been done. I had never my bike is top one ten. It has a stage one with DND Bobcat two in one and the um, SNS uh, Super Stealth. Uh, I believe that's the name. Uh, but nothing else besides that, and I never really thought I needed it to be honest, because it's a 110, and I mean I ride pretty fast, but it's not like I'm doing 110 all the time. Uh, so I was like, it's it's good enough. And then I actually realized the difference when you ha- you get this kind of work done to your motor, and obviously now I'm like, yeah, absolutely need that. <laughs> so it's-
0: so that's happening in the next few weeks. Nice, it does make a difference. I've. Mine was done. i had the gear-driven cams put. In, well, they were putting mine a couple of years back, but yeah, it does. It does make a difference. So, what got you into wanting to, you know, the motorcycle life? Where did it start for you? Um, really, I think
1: more than anything, it was just you know movies that I saw when I was a kid, and uh, and just the overall badassery of of just motorcycles. I'm French. Uh, as you can tell with my accent, and I'm born, in, born and raised near Paris or in Paris, depending on the time. And uh, you see a lot of motorcycles over there, not a lot of hollies specifically, but just like a lot of bikes, and I always thought it was quite cool. And then I moved to Texas. I moved from Paris, France, to Dallas, Texas. And uh, when I moved there, I didn't know a single soul, and I had some time on my hands, and I was like, well, might as well try to do something cool and, and you know, like... Yeah, the idea of starting to ride Harleys while living in Texas, for me as a French guy who likes cliché, was kind of, of cool and appealing. So I, uh, I, would, I did ride a rider course and, uh, and, um, and, and started from there. So that was in 2014 um, and uh, started, uh, rented a couple bikes, wrecked the first one. The second one I rented, broke my wrist. Uh, and then bought, bought a Sportster a, a couple of months later once my wrist was healed. Uh, and that was my first bike. I got an Iron 883, put about not so much miles, actually, because at first I didn't ride as much as I do now. I think it took me probably two years to put 10,000 miles on it, uh, which really, I w- at first I was really taking it slow, uh, like not doing a lot of big distance trips. Also, I didn't know a lot of people to ride with, so I was mostly on my own most of the time. And uh, then I moved to New York, kept the Sportster, and, and then upgraded to the Lowrider S, uh, which now, in a year and a half, I think I've put close to 30,000 miles on, uh, 33, I believe, actually. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's been ramping up. At first, I, I loved it, but I just didn't ride that much. And uh, for the past couple of years, most definitely, it's become a much, uh, a, a much more important thing for me, which, uh, which I'm glad, actually. It's been a great adventure.
0: Yeah. I like a couple of the posts. How you put it, you know, read one of your posts, 10,408 miles in 38 and 30 days, 23 States. And then I like the little next statement to pull over by cops. One amazing trip.
1: <laughs> yes. I did. I did get pulled over a couple of times. Um, I was really pushing it also sometimes, but yeah, it was an amazing trip. Uh, that, that was the last trip I've done. So that back to back, uh, cross country trip, uh, got to meet a tons of rad people. And, uh, Couple of uh, couple, I tried to break a couple of records. I I did break one that actually has been broken since and taken to a whole other level. Uh, I was doing this uh, four iron butts in a row, um, and uh, and I made an a lousy attempt to break the speed record. I didn't really go completely for it because I knew I wouldn't be able to, but I was trying to push myself to try to do it. Bill, be- try to do a thousand mile below. 12 hours, 30 minutes, Uh, and in doing so, I got an encounter with uh, law enforcement, which was one of the two pullovers, Um, which actually did not end up with a speed ticket, which is funny. Uh, The guy was so cool that he actually let me walk away with an expired license plate ticket instead of a speed ticket when I was doing triple digit speed on a route that you're definitely not supposed to do that. So (laughs) that was actually pretty cool.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Then you did the uh, four ride 1K in four days.
1: Yeah. That was, that's probably the best adventure I've had on most. I mean, I've had, I've been lucky to have tons of really cool trips, but this one was just because it was just me on my own trying to make this thing happen. Uh, I mean, basically, I was just, I was in Oregon and I knew I had to be back in New York and I was roughly 3,000 miles. And, uh, and I, I knew I had a few days to do that. And then uh, Rumble from Ride 1K posted that he was raising money with MotoFam uh, and that every ride that would be done during that window of time would be counting to raise money for MotoFam, which has been doing amazing work for the community, obviously. And so I was like, I didn't really think about doing 1Ks at that time before. But then when I saw that, I was like, hey, damn, I should probably try to do that. And then I realized there was this record that had been set at three 1k in a, rows, in a row and uh looking at the map i was like well i could maybe actually push it a little bit further and do it four in a row see how that goes so i uh i hit rumble up and i had done a pretty a couple one case before already so we knew each other a little bit and um i said hey let's see if i can try to make it four in a row and uh And and do some good with Motofam etc. And uh, yeah, the first two days were actually really pretty good. Like the first day, I think I did it in 15 hours. The second day was when I really went for it, and I think I landed at 13 hours and something. The third day became to started to be a little bit more rough, especially the last 500 miles that I had to do at night uh, in the smoky mountains, and it was really really cold. Uh, And then the fourth day was. uh, was pretty epic. I uh, I broke down um, about 500 miles from New York, and uh, one of my wire um, that connects the that sparks the engine, the but basically the sparkle yeah the wire fell through, and the bike was only running on one cylinder. Turns out, from a crazy coincidence, uh, Rumble from 1K was actually leaving 60 miles from our was. so he took the wires from his own bike and brought his wires to me to get me back on the road. And after a bit of troubleshooting, got, we got the bike back on the road, and I had 500 miles to close, leaving at maybe 9 p.m. I think I en- ended up in New York at 6 a.m. and I only had one hour to spare to complete these 4,000 miles in four days. So actually, it worked out, and that was that was pretty epic way to close that trip. Uh, definitely a gnarly trip, but actually also not as far as not as hard as you would think. Like if you have the right setup on your bike, I really think it's Pretty much doable, uh, and it's actually I already been topped by this crazy dude out of in California that just did five thousand miles in five days. So definitely not that big of a performance, but uh, I'm already planning whatever comes next to try to uh, top it off a little bit. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, that freaking who was that? Rancho Craigamanga. Yeah. That's nuts. Nice. And I think it probably would be easier. I mean, you went West coast to East coast and like, you know, when we talked before you lose an hour Yeah, did you cross time zones, which I mean, that does throw a bit of a monkey wrench. I think if a guy went East to West, at least you could, you'd gain an hour. Yeah.
1: That really, I don't know why, because it seems so trivial. First, I never thought of it until I realized it that uh, damn, I'm losing an hour. Like on the first day, the problem was that it was really pushing me to start later every, every next day because of that hour difference, which also meant going to sleep later at the end of the day and driving more and more into the night, which I actually do love riding at night. A lot of what I do in New York is riding at night. But when you've already done like 800 miles in the day or 600 miles and you still have 400 or 200 to go in the mountains, then it can be a bit taxing. So, I, yeah, I should have planned that a little bit differently. If I do it again, I'll definitely do it more like east to west. At the end of the day, it doesn't change anything because you have 24 hours times four to complete the challenge. So time zones are irrelevant, but it does fuck with your brain a bit. And definitely, right, to me, it was a bit of an adjustment to lose that hour every day. And I kept wondering what time it was where I started, which means how, how many hours have I sat on the bike? Like, I didn't have a timer so it, it, I, yeah, it kept me busy <laughs> as I was riding to try to figure out the time I was making. Especially on that second day, where I was loosely trying to get close to some kind of decent speed, uh, I was like, "Am I doing it 12 hours or 13 hours?" I kept like wondering because there was a couple of time changes. Uh, but yeah, all in all, it was it was it was a pretty amazing trip. I'm ver- I'm very glad I did that. I won't forget that for sure.
0: I bet not. Yeah, I was I was following along on on your Instagram and I was like, "Holy cow, man, this is nuts!" <laughs>
1: yeah, I didn't announce anything. I didn't say I'm going for it because, to be honest, I didn't really know if I could even pull it off. Uh, so I just went it day by day. I never said I'm going to attempt to do 4K in four days. I just said, "Hey, today is one K." Oh well, tomorrow is another one K, and I was just pushing it a little bit further every day because. I thought it was going to be very gnarly, which it ended up being at the end of the day for the last couple of days for sure. But uh, I was actually surprised that the first couple of days were so easy. And then it, it became a little bit harder. But at the end of the day, it was very much manageable. If I had planned a little bit better and if I hadn't broken down, uh, it would have been much easier for sure. But uh, yeah, there's a few things I can fine-tune and improve for
0: next time for sure. Well, tell me, yeah, after... You- I mean, I haven't done near that extreme, but it's like once you, once you do one, you find, you know, little things that you can – that make it a little easier, whether it's, you know, when to take breaks or just ways to make things a little bit more comfortable and, and enjoyable. Yeah, and it's
1: a lot of the little things I've realized, like the way you pack so that everything is very easy to reach out when you need it instead of having to dig into a bag for just the little things that you know you're going to need or this time zone thing, or just like managing your fuel stops. If you're going for some kind of speed and you're trying to be efficient, a lot of time can be saved at fuel stops. You've seen the the, the Fast 9 from Portland that actually did set the time record uh, for a while. They went as far as bringing fuel with them and refuel as they were riding, which is fucking insane, at doing like 100 miles an hour and refueling at the same time. I think one of them was also texting at the same time uh these guys are pushing it to a whole other level uh pretty pretty freaking amazing um so yeah there's definitely steps you can take to be more efficient and uh and to make it easier on yourself or slash uh faster
0: depending on what it is you're going for (laughs) yeah tomorrow's episode is actually that will come out tomorrow is with brad columbus and who is one of the members of the fast nine that's what he said they pack five gallon gas cans on the back so they were only actually stopping at gas stations technically would be every other gas stop so they would you know when the first guys getting low they'd all fill up the tanks on basically i guess on the side of the road and jump on and just freaking haul down the freeway. yeah
1: that's there's a picture of uh of one of them one of them that is uh Refueling with the American flag on his, on the back of his diner that I think is really very much an epic picture, I was lucky enough to meet some of these guys when I was hanging out in uh, Portland and uh, yeah nothing for respect for what they've done and uh, I know they've already they're already thinking i believe about attempting a new a new speed record, which I'm sure they'll pull off, but i don't yeah I know what I've done, and i it was only me doing it with nine guys is just a whole other ballpark which i have massive respect for being able to pull that off when there's nine guys doing it together i think it's much more production and logistics so yeah it's pretty cool
0: i think it's a lot harder to keep everybody together and just yeah like i said the logistics of that many i mean you know i i did one i did mine solo and i mean sometimes there's you know you make little mistakes where you miss a gas stop or something miss an exit you want but Man, when there's nine people, I could see that being a bit more of a nightmare in a way of logistics, traveling, making sure you know you hit the right exits, or just keeping everybody. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like I didn't plan much on mine really. I was just really winging most of it, which is definitely something I'll improve next time. But I think when I don't know how they planned. I think they actually had planned quite a bit. They knew where they were going to turn back on the highway to go back to Portland. They had. I know they had planned a few things when I when, when I talked to some of them. But yeah, I think the, it, it takes a little bit more of preparation, and and also it takes like a lot of skills. I think to be riding that fast as a pack for so long, with no one having any issue, I think it's uh, yeah,
0: it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm gonna find out some because 'cause I'm actually going to meet up with all of them this Oh Saturday. yeah, you mentioned
1: that. That's cool. The, the few guys that I've met were so pretty nice yeah, that... people.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool. I'm excited. But getting back, you're talking about epic pictures. I mean, you scroll through your Instagram. I mean, your, your photography and all your pictures on there are – dude, they're freaking amazing. A lot of – now, do you do, do – you take like a small tripod or somebody also for like the pictures where, you know, you're with your bike? Is it just you or somebody else taking uh, some
1: of these? Up until uh, a few months, it was always me and a tripod. Uh, recently okay. – uh, There's been a couple of talented people that have taken pictures of me and that have been kind enough to send them to me for me to repost. One of them was actually on your show not so long ago, uh, Rhino from Utah, who, when you talk about talented uh, photographers, is absolutely one of them and has skills that I'm nowhere close to have. And um, FXDLS Brooklyn here that I do ride with all the time, uh, recently has been also taking a few pictures of me. So... I think uh, on average, I'd say 80% or 90% of the pics of me that are on my Instagram, I've taken myself with a tripod. Uh, but recently, there's been a couple exceptions to that rule and pretty good exceptions, actually, like pretty pretty cool pictures that I couldn't have done myself.
0: I some of the ones you've done yourself, or I mean, you know, some of the ones that you think, I mean, your backdrops and, you know, the editing, like we said, you know, we both like to use Snapseed, which is a great free photo editor. But, I mean, you're... For- Photography on your page is freaking yeah, really thanks. good. I like it. I mean, thanks, man. I really
1: appreciate. It. I do spend a bit of time to try to find the cool angles or the story. I think I try to have like a cool angle or a cool story about every picture or backdrop, whatever. And uh, and yeah, I think Snapseed or Lightroom are pretty good to try, to try to. You know, there's only so much you can do with an iPhone, even though they're actually really good. I shoot everything with an iPhone, by the way. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and sort so of, I'll, I'll use uh, i'll use either lightroom or snapseed to retouch a few things i i try to never go overboard with the retouching because it's, sometimes it sometimes is very easy to go from natural to unnatural looking pictures and actually if you scroll through my early posts you'll see some that are clearly not very natural looking and that's what it is um but yeah it's uh i i, I and i'm lucky you know because i most of my writing is in New York, obviously. So that's where I live, in Brooklyn. And uh, I mean, there's endless opportunities of write pictures. You just have to look and you're going to find something. I think it's just a matter of having your eye trained for what's going to look good or maybe just what, when the light hits at the right time. But in my life, if I was to do this, whatever it is I'm doing, if I was trying to replicate it in other cities, it would be doable, but it would be harder. I think New York is just such a vibrant city in terms of architecture, street art, whatever goes on in the streets that it just makes that much easier to find, you know, that right opportunity for a cool picture. And I'm quite lucky to be there at that time.
0: I mean, I can see that by scrolling through your page. It's very true. I mean, some of the backdrops you get in your, your pictures are phenomenal. It's, they look great and i mean it it does add a a bit of the art then you know i i like your style how you know you kind of in a way you keep that the pictures where you're in there you know that the vintage look the black pants black you know the the older style jacket and it's you know in a way to your page it's like you're yeah that's really where i
1: come from i think like you know i i've grown up with the black metal movements played in black metal bands for a long long time uh Still, a whole lot of amount of what I listen to, uh, and so a lot of the aesthetics that I I have from 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 the pictures of myself are very much tied to the aesthetics of the black metal or the metal movement. So yeah, the leather jacket, the perfecto, the all black, the metal signs, and all the play on words and the reference to you know Satan and whatever, uh, it's all linked to 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 who I've been for a long time. So. Yeah, I try to keep it like that, and uh, and so far it's, it's you know it's it's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really the core of. the I did, There's two passions in my life mostly. Uh, I mean, at least the two biggest ones by far are metal, black metal, and motorcycles. So I try to blend these together as much as I can.
0: <laughs> Which is cool. I mean, it is. Now, when you met, did you have much time to really meet up and ride with Rhino back in Utah, or was it just no? Kind of a, so it,
1: it was a, a quick we spent meeting, like or... a few hours together. But him and I have talked for a long, long time. Uh, I think we've—he's one of the first person I talked to. I think on Instagram when I started this almost two years ago now, um, and I was doing this first cross country trip, and not this summer, the summer before. And he hit me up, and he's like, "Oh, dude, you're you're in my neck of the hoods, and uh, you should ride there. You should go to Escalante, uh, and 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 then you should ride this crazy road named the Devil's Backbone, uh, and then uh, Hell's Backbone, which is next to it." And uh, and so we we kept in touch after that quite a bit. Uh, and uh, I, like I said, he has mad photography skills. I admire very much his his uh, landscape photography. Uh, definitely worth checking out and, and the pics of his bikes are also pretty badass I'll say and so yeah we've, we've been in touch for quite a bit and since I was riding back west I'm like hey dude like, uh, I'm, I'm gonna come back to Salt Lake City at some point let's meet up and um, uh, yeah so we, I think we spent like maybe three, or three hours, three, four hours um, I, I, we met downtown Salt Lake we took a few pictures there then he took me uh, for a canyon ride on the outskirts of the city uh, with his girl, uh, and uh, and then we had lunch, dinner. Actually, we had the dinner together, um, and then uh, and then that was it. So, but we yeah, we we keep in touch. We you know and uh, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. I was glad to meet him because there's a lot of people that I talk to, uh, and and I don't meet a lot of them usually unless they're in New York because obviously I'm not lucky enough to travel all the time, but. Since I was in in the neighborhood, I was like, "Oh yeah, we definitely have to meet, and I'm really glad we did after all the talking we've been doing for a year or so
0: yeah, I hope to get down that down that area sometime and meet up with him i've He's one of the guys, same thing that I've talked with for a while on Instagram, you know, became fond of his his photography skills I mean and the the backdrop that he has living down in that region of the country is just amazing, and like I said, his photography skills are yeah, and like impressive. you said Utah
1: I think. Utah, Wyoming, and Montana, but maybe Utah more than any other, it just, and I, it seems to me, and maybe I'm just wrong, that a lot of, uh, maybe it's French people, but when they think about riding in the US, they think California, Nevada, the Keys, and a couple other things maybe, but I never heard anyone telling me anything about Utah and Wyoming before, and Montana, uh, and I think it, it seems to me, a very, I mean, Utah especially seems very underrated when it comes to writing. I mean, South Utah, obviously, everybody goes to Zion and uh, and, and Bryce, et cetera. But, like, even North Utah is just, I don't know. I think it's very beautiful and poetic. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I really love writing in Utah. So, yeah, he's very lucky. The sceneries over there, are just, the sceneries are breathtaking.
0: Yeah. And I've been down there one time. Gosh, it was... 10 years ago, we drove from up here in Washington, me and my dad and a good friend. We drove down to Salt Lake city. And I mean, we did it one day. We drove down there like a Friday night. We left early Friday morning, picked up a Harley on Saturday and then trailer mm-hmm. and then drove all the way back. And we didn't have much time for sightseeing. It was basically an insane road trip down and back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would like to go back and check out some of the country. Cause I mean, I, I love the scenery and you know, it's part of what I like, you know, when it comes to YouTube. And I mean, I, I used to like to read magazine publications and I like to read the articles or watch the videos regards, you know, touring mm. different places of the country and, you know, building that dream trip. So basically, you know, places that I want to see. And that's what, it you know, I enjoy a lot of just finding these areas and exploring them and, you know, learning more about it. So, you know, you read some of these, like, I
1: yeah. really
0: like roadrunner magazine and I enjoy rider magazine because they have great touring articles and, you know, that's just what I enjoy about those. And it's, You know, you get those ideas and places you want to visit. Yeah, I mean,
1: I would absolutely agree with that. I've been lucky to go to all 48 lower states and most of them on bikes. And also, I think because I'm French, you know, grass is always greener on the other side. I've I've always been very interested in the U.S. and the history of the country and the culture. So I try to learn as much as I can wherever I travel. I have this weird obsession that I'm trying to visit every state capital in the U.S., I think I'm at 42 right now, but uh, I mean, being on the bikes has allowed me to see so many weird places in this country, like stuff that, you know, unless you, even if you don't know about it, just dumping into it makes it so cool. I remember that that place, Atomic, Atomic City in, in Idaho, I believe, they had like this uh, nuclear fallout. Uh, there was a place where they had like nuclear tests that is just completely weird and, uh, I don't know. There's just so many interesting places. There's all the scenic places everybody knows about and, and all the bucket list rides and for sure these are amazing. But I find that even like the small random town with like the the cookie store and the ice cream truck and I don't know, to me, but also because it's not my culture, I think it holds so much uh, symbolism that I just don't get tired of that. I I really like riding in the West much more so than the East because it's, I think, much more picturesque and amazing but i'm I'm lucky that everywhere i go really uh there's always something that is i find very interesting and also that i didn't know existed so yeah that's, i'm sure it's the same for every country obviously but i don't know there's this thing with the us that to me it's just maybe on another level it's pretty cool well
0: that's part of the fun what i enjoy is also trying to is not so much travel on the you know the super slab of the big interstates is taking those two lane back highways and in the back roads and seeing some of the those small towns or off the beaten path places where you know and plus it's it's a lot of fun you get some of these back roads with motorcycles and you see something neat you don't need a, a whole lot of room to pull off like a car you know you might need room but if you're on a little two lane road and it's just got a small shoulder and you see, you know, a, a photo opportunity or something you want to look at, it's really easy to just pull over Absolutely. on a motorcycle. And That's stop how I it. do
1: most of my pictures, it's just spontaneous. It is. That I see something, stop, take a picture, and go. But I know, Jude, you were telling me about this trip that you have in mind. And as you're talking about roadside crazy things or little things, there's this website I would definitely recommend you check out. I think it's called roadsideamerica.com. And I've used that website profusely over the years, uh, like of you know, all the road trips. Um, when you, when you're going to be on the road, like just check out, like wherever you think you're going to roll through and put that in the website and it will tell you all the weirdest oddities that you can think of that are going to be on your path. And I've seen so many weird things like the tallest crucifix in the world. That is, I think in Wisconsin or Michigan, I can't, I think it's Michigan or, uh, the biggest collection of Dr. Pepper bottles in somewhere, Texas, I don't know, so many random things that sound very quirky, but just make the ride even more enjoyable because these are the little things that I think are so genuine and and fun because most of the time, it's it's very much random stuff. So I know when you get ready for your trip, have a look at this website. I'm sure you'll find a couple of things that are going to make you want to
0: go. Oh, definitely. I'll have to check that out. And actually, there's one picture I found scrolling through your Instagram. You took one. It says the Catskill Mountains by the church yeah. and it's like the red light at the yep. door or it's a red door that picture yeah is and it was a amazing. very
1: overcast day I didn't even want to go ride that day because it was I, I think it was maybe I don't yeah I think it was March or April maybe or I don't know I think I remember it was pretty cold uh, but uh, I always try to ride as much as I can especially on the weekends so I ended up going there on my own and uh, I don't know, I saw that, I, I got lost, as I usually do anyways, and uh, <laughs> and I actually made a U-turn in front of that church, I didn't even see it at first, um, and then as I made the U-turn, I saw that red door, and I was like, oh shit, that's that's pretty cool, so I pulled over and took that picture, but that's, yeah, that's all those little things that, uh, that you see on the, maybe like, you can just stop and go on the bike and just grab a picture, I don't know, to your point, I think being on the bike makes it easier, but the Catskills as a, as a riding uh, place is just so amazing. There's countless little towns, and I, I've discovered this, this much more this summer over the past few months. I actually, um, I've been in New York for maybe four years now, I would say, and I've really started exploring the Catskills much more, I'd say, a year ago and, and heavily this summer with, um, with FXZLS Brooklyn, actually, who has a, uh, a little uh, camp over there. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful. I would definitely encourage anyone in the area or traveling to the area to, to come ride the Catskills because it's, it's really nice.
0: So That's what, about two hours yeah, or so from the Yeah, about an New hour and a
1: half right? to two hours, depending. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it's always a bore. To, I mean, COVID made things easy because there was no traffic in New York, which helped getting in and out of the city so quickly versus usual. Because usually it would already take you 40 minutes to just leave the city. Uh, unless you land split, and if you land split, obviously you're going much faster. Um, but uh, yeah, usually yeah, it's about an hour and a half to go there. We usually do make it a day trip, like leave very early, ride for a, a good pearl portion of the day, and then ride back at night. I've done that right any. I've done that right at midnight, like one a.m. or whatever. It's it's fun, right? Anyways, just need to have lots of lights on your bike because there's quite a bit of deer and everything on the road. So need to be careful about that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful over there.
0: Yeah, it kind of sounds like the area where I live. You got lots of deer, especially at night. You really got to be careful up here. You know, like Western Washington or up on the peninsula where I live. There's, there's so many deer right now. It's yeah, crazy. it's always
1: my biggest worry. And I'm lucky that ne- nothing ever happened to me. Uh, the closest thing that I got was a baby bear that ran in front of me on the road once in Broad Daylight uh, but that's and I had plenty of room to obviously avoid that baby bear. Uh, I have a couple friends that I've had much gnarlier close calls but uh, yeah it's always on my mind. <laughs> I do my best to to be careful.
0: Yeah the thing what do you think about the live wire I seen on yeah, YouTube I mean, for right I was you? obviously
1: as most people very skeptical uh, the only reason I did that is because on that trip, my, my front tire needed to be changed and I pulled over in Wisconsin in one of the Harley shops and they're gonna have, they were going to have my bike for like an hour and I asked the rep, like, would you mind if I test drive the wire? I'm not going to buy it from you. There's no way. But if you, if, if you would let me try it, I'd love that. And he was really nice because he said, yes, go ahead. It's fine. And I was blown away by this bike. Uh, obviously, it's very expensive. Obviously, the autonomy sucks, but it is by far one of the funniest thing I've ever ridden. I was—it's just a completely different experience, obviously. Uh, and I was trying to put my my uh, to wrap my head around why it felt so different. Obviously, the, it's electric, so it's gonna feel different, but. And the acceleration is crazy. I took it from zero to a hundred within like a matter of less than I think six seconds or something like that. Like the acceleration is unreal. But I think the biggest difference that I ended up with is when I take my Dyna up to a hundred and ten or more than that, I feel like the bike the bike is struggling. And I think like I'm at risk of something like you you can tell it's getting a little bit risky. It's shaking. Like clearly it's not supposed to feel like that usually. And you see that the bike is really struggling to get there. So there is this kind of notion of, yeah, things are getting bumpier. So in your mind, or at least in my mind, I know that I'm pushing it a bit. Whereas on the live wire, whether you're at 10 miles an hour or 110 miles an hour, it feels exactly the same. The bike doesn't shake more, doesn't vibrate, doesn't like struggle because everything is electric. So it's a complete different relationship to speed and to the bike. And that I think is very interesting because it never occurred to me until I rode it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would definitely encourage to try it at least. Uh, And I I wouldn't buy one because obviously just don't have the money. Uh, if I I was to one, I would definitely (laughs) enjoy it Uh, or if it was like a third of the price I would maybe consider it but for what it is and the price it has and the autonomy I don't think it's necessarily worth it now but I'm sure with time they're going to be able to refine that and come up with stronger autonomy or whatever hopefully maybe a lower price and at at, at some point it's going to become a good in a good deal i think i hope because it is it is very fun to ride in the city i think it would be a blast i don't see a long distance trip on this even though ewan mcgregor he's has done one on it but they struggled a lot with autonomy um
0: yeah that would be hard what they did yeah. i mean especially like
1: charging but on. yeah on an electric bike. In the future, for, I'm yeah, sure the there's going to be up. charging station stations everywhere and increased autonomy. And, you know, it is probably the future. I'll definitely miss the twin cam and the petrol and the rumble. And and I hope that we can keep that for sure. Uh, but also, I, I'll i say that, yeah, the Lagwire and hopefully what comes next is pretty exciting on a completely different scale. doesn't have the same emotional appeal to me whatsoever. I'll always be more of a swing cam petrol guide and an uh, electric guy at heart but I wouldn't discount it before I tried, but it's it's pretty fun.
0: Yeah I've only seen I've never even sat on one. I've i seen one in a dealership but yeah I've never gotta really check one out or yeah, if you can play I think with one yet. It's
1: absolutely worth an afternoon to try to go do that and uh, and see how you feel. It's just it's hard to it's, it's hard to describe but it's it's fun. I, the whole time and i've read on i've read on it for like 20 minutes stop the whole time i was just saying oh shit oh shit oh shit all the time i was like oh fuck Like, seriously and i was just smiling most of the time i was like this is this is really fun so hopefully you can try it i hope you try
0: i'm going to try it to one of these days if I ever get back
1: to a dealership and,
0: and check when out if they got any
1: you'll see let me know what you think i'll be curious to hear i never thought i would like it i really didn't think i almost didn't want to like it uh, but i did like it <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've heard the throttle response. It is, and I didn't even put it in
1: sports mode. So I brought it from 0 to 114, I think, uh, in a matter of seconds. And uh, and the rep told me that they max out at 115, I believe. I don't know if maybe sports mode would bring it to 120. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, the throttle response is... It's very, very impressive. It is. And, and the noise that they've put on, obviously, you don't have you know, the, the typical uh, t- uh, the typical rumble, but that noise that rumble. they've put on that kind of looks like a jet, it, somehow it fits. I wouldn't want to ride that in the streets of New York where I like people to hear my D&D and <laughs> to know I'm coming. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, on a course or like... I was discussing that with a few friends, like that bagger race that they've done a couple of weeks ago. I wonder if you had put Livewire in the lineup, how would it have done versus these baggers? Because it's much lighter, it's so much faster. I I don't know if it's faster. I'm assuming it's not that far from the the speed they were. I mean, they were probably going faster than that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, in terms of for racing this bike or just playing with, I think it must be it's 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 a fun it's a fun toy. Is what exactly that's what I'll say. It's a fun toy. I don't consider it really as a bike because it cannot take you far. (laughs) Like I want my bike to take me far. But as a toy, to have fun, I think it's, it's pretty excellent.
0: I think it'd be fun to see one of those on a yeah. track, just to it see it And I it's could higher
1: do. than, uh, it sits much higher than, uh, at least than what I'm used to on the Dyna or the Sportster but before that. Uh, so the gravity, the center of gravity is different, the lean angle different too. So yeah, it could probably do pretty well, I would assume. I'm clearly not an expert. Maybe experts will say, will say that I'm saying stupid shit right now. But uh, yeah, I, I would be curious to see at least.
0: Yeah, me too. That w- that would be fun. Hopefully, maybe, maybe somebody will pick up on that soon and get some videos out on YouTube yeah. and get some get some fun playing with it. So, you got any any fun trips you're thinking of for next year? I mean, any trips. Yeah, I'm definitely going to of go back west. Anything uh,
1: at some point next year? Um, I'm also thinking about maybe during the christmas break at some point going south to florida or something i have a couple friends there uh ideally i'd like to be able to take like my the trip that summer was i think three weeks all in which i mean it's very hard to take that much time off it was only thanks thanks to i guess because of the coronavirus um But ideally, I'd like to do another cross-country trip, go to places I've never ridden to. Um, There's still a lot of places I haven't seen. Like I've been in Arizona a bunch of times, but I've never been to Sedona. I have a few friends in Phoenix that I'd like to go see. I've never ridden in West Texas. Um, So yeah, hopefully, I'll try to do another cross-country trip next summer for sure. Um, Probably go to Portland before that anyways. And uh, and then we'll see. And uh, at some point, maybe I'll try to give Rancho a run for his money on that 5K in four, in five days, and try to step it up a bit if I can. Which we'll see how that goes, because it's what he's pulled yeah, up um, is pretty big. But hopefully, I can I can do better. Well, sure, oh yeah, if you for make sure. It a Portland, you know. man, I need yeah, to yeah absolutely. Them. That'd be cool. I was not so I told you I was not so far from you. We rode uh, ritualist and I. We rode to uh, almost to your place to the Quino rainforest. Um, which, so,
0: yeah, that's not far. That's yeah, like it was beautiful. It was just hours. a whole lot of rain.
1: <laughs> but it was really beautiful, like uh, typical Pacific Northwest. Uh, beautiful sceneries, the, the pine trees and everything. Uh, everything I was hoping it would be and more. It was beautiful
0: riding over there. Yeah, I think I'm heading out that way next week. And I think my wife and I were going to go camp out at Claylock, which is nice. a campground right on that the, right on the ocean. It's just a little little north. Yeah, of it. that area. I, was, I wish
1: I we I I wish yeah we could have spent more time there, but we had a couple of other places to go. But uh yeah, it's been, I hope I'll, I'll be back soon, hopefully.
0: So you ever think you nope. want to upgrade to a uh, future? That's
1: not part of the plan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no no, but I'm definitely changing. <laughs> so the diner, like I said, is pretty well set up. Got the uh, Lucky Daves T bars, the legends, uh uh, the Lindahl brakes, uh, all of the good stuff. Uh, the engine work will hopefully take it to a whole other level in terms of performance. Um, but I really, really, really love that bike. Uh, There's obviously a lot of sentimental value to it. So unless something terrible was to happen where it would get wrecked or something, which obviously, knock on wood, we hope will not happen. Uh, I don't see myself uh, changing that bike yeah. anytime soon unless yeah I don't know unless Harley releases something crazy or or something bad happens. I really have a lot of uh, sentimental attachment to that bike, and also I think it looks great on pictures. Not that baggers don't look great, but I found the bigger the bike, the harder it is to make them look great on pictures and i think'm so uh, i'm my bike i think at least fits my it. aesthetics the way it's done, the way it's built, the way it looks um uh, so it's very much a good extension of myself. Uh, I'm probably going to do a bit of light paint job at some point on it, but very small touches here and there. And I think at some point I'll be done with it. Uh, I mean, I always say that, and then obviously I'm never done with it, as most people. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. for no, Not for now, at least. <laughs>
0: well, here's a, you know, I mean, you got some miles on it, but not enough where it's yeah, it still yeah, hopefully, a lot. Of and I left tried in to it.
1: do... Well, on the maintenance, etc. I'm far from being a mechanic myself. I know a few things, but not enough to be very, uh, to be able to solve everything by far, but I'm lucky that, uh, my friends at the Gotham speed shop here in New York, uh, Nick Parton and Eric absolutely know what they're doing. So, um, they usually take care of helping me. I mean, I'm not helping me. They actually do it, uh, to, to make the, to make sure the bike is always going to run good, uh, so um, I think it's in a pretty really good shape, actually. I, I've never had any issue besides once I rode like 600 miles in the rain in one day and the complete right side of the electrics of the bike shuts down. But I think that was really the rain. Um, besides that, the only big issue I've had, and which is not that big even, is the first half of the trip when I rode from New York to Portland. By the time I arrived in Portland uh the guys at legion were looking it up and uh there was like three different leaks um so that was that but that's the only issues i've had on in thirty-three thousand miles so yeah i think uh so far so good and hopefully many more miles coming on, on this bike
0: well shoot man thanks for taking time out of your night no man a little later where you're at
1: yeah, thanks so yeah, much man, for having is, me. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to see uh, to seeing what you do with the podcast. I uh, I enjoy listening to the past few ones. So it's great to see uh to see you guys to see you like giving space to people to tell their stories and then be able to connect people together. I think it's, it's pretty rad if you ask me.
0: Hey, thank you. And you know, it's all part of you know thanks to guys like yourself that have you know the so much content on their pages. Where I mean, shoot, I could. Literally sit here and talk for hours with all the stuff and and whatnot that you know pictures and trips and the places you've sure. been. I mean, it's mind-boggling in a short amount of time. You know the amount of states and you know the miles and the. Back and forth that you've done on yeah, the motorcycle. I'm pretty
1: it's, it's lucky. Really cool. I'm, I'm, i I'll, I'll say that. So hopefully, I, I'm able to keep this going, and I'm, I'm doing everything I can to keep it going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as much as I can ride, and hopefully being able to cross into Canada and Mexico at some point. That's that would definitely be on my, uh, on my agenda as well. There's a lot of rad people on both sides of the, of the border that I'd love to meet up and ride with. So that'd
0: be cool. Yeah, I agree with that. So, well, right on, man. Thank you Thanks for man. Uh, really coming on and, and, uh, and sharing your story. I'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Hey, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the V-Twin Life. Hey, and then you guys heading over to crashinclothing.com, placing your orders want wanting to get yourself some of that gear. If you input the promo code CRASH1, all uppercase letters, you'll save yourself a little bit of money and uh, get yourself some nice gear. So, hey, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for uh, supporting this channel. So, hey, y'all ride safe, have fun. Enjoy those miles of smiles.